Welcome to another Beyond Camp mini-pod. Today we're here to talk about millennial life and everything that that includes. Welcome to Beyond Camp, a podcast for summer camp directors and leaders by Go Camp Pro. Beyond Camp explores the intersection of camp and the rest of our lives. Camp professionals know that all aspects of our lives affect our camp experience. And Beyond Camp is here to dive into the messy, brave, and joyous conversations that surround that fact. Check out our show notes at gocamp.pro slash beyondcamp. Cassie, how are you doing today? Honestly, <laughs> it's a gr- you, you know that's a loaded question right now. <laughs> I am utterly exhausted. That's fair. Uh, it's the middle of a pandemic, wave two, um, and we're millennials, so that means that we like to sleep all the time and we're lazy, right? Yeah, I think so. Is that what we're supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, so for those of us who, for those of you who don't know us, Cassie and I are both millennials, um, sort of on opposite ends of the millennial spectrum, and we're here today to talk about what we love about that word, what we hate about it. Uh, for me, I often use it as part of my identity, sometimes in a self-deprecating way. Um, so we're going to dive into that. Cassie, I know you've done some research. Why don't you share some actual facts about this with us? Yeah. So just to be perfectly clear, uh, we wanted to set the dates that we used that we found. I found them on a website. Can I tell you which one today? No, but, uh, a millennial is somebody who was born between 1981 and 1996. So that means in 2020, this year, they are between the ages of 24 and 39. That's a huge age range. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, huh, because I don't do the math. <laughs> I, I trust that the math was correct. But wh- what's interesting is these are our young camp professionals right now, the people looking into careers in camping. But a little bit more about being a millennial. So those of us that identify or are millennials have reached adulthood in the early 21st century. Um, We tend to delay or forego marriage. We're slower to form households. We have more education than some of our previous generations. And what's even more interesting probably because I identify as female, but that there's an increased presence of females that are employed in our Mm. generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were shaped by the technological revolution. So we didn't necessarily have technology of every moment of our life, but we have seen it enter and progress to where it is today. And we're here to right the wrongs. That is true. Millennials are a passionate bunch for the most part. I, I, I definitely feel that one. <laughs> yeah, that age range, I still like, I just want to come back to like 24 to 39. That's a huge yeah. age range. And I feel like millennials are just painted with such a broad brush. But if oh, you yeah. think about that, 24, like folks are often just finishing their post-secondary education, if that's a mm-hmm. route they've chosen to go down. But 39, like a lot of millennials have several kids now. So a lot of millennials are actually the people sending your kids to like sending their kids to your camps. Um, They're not just your young staff. Um, Exactly. And I still feel like we're talking about our young staff being millennials and they're not. No. And the other thing about millennials, and I will say this because as a younger millennial, um, 
I feel this a lot, but we're often scapegoated. Um, oh, yeah. If there's something that's wrong in society right now, it's millennials. Uh, we love to live with our parents. Uh, we are responsible for COVID outbreaks because we just can't stay away from nightclubs. Um, and we just like have to be running around with each other. Mm-hmm. We can't afford to buy houses because we're too busy eating avocado toast. Um, <laughs> you know, and then like avocados are also responsible for, you know, farming issues and all of that jazz. Like there's just, there's so much that I feel like if there's an issue in society, mm-hmm. people are like, well, it's the millennials. Yeah, it, it's just our fault. But is it our fault or is it society's? And I think whole? I think that's where some of that like desire to right the wrongs is coming from. Is I think mm-hmm. because we have been scapegoated a little bit. But I also think that every generation wants to do better than the past generation. So I'm not here to oh, hate on sure. generations before us. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> there's lots of things that millennials do that are really annoying. Um, like I don't love avocado on toast. I'll put that out there. Now our ratings are going to drop and people are going to It's okay. I like it. We're good. Okay. Great. We're good. (laughs) Great. I do love avocados, just not on toast. Um, But I think that the writing the wrongs piece comes with the technology that we have access to. Like we have Mm -hmm. access to information and communications in ways that we never did before. Um, Yeah. I mean, our generation has seen technology advance more than any other generation, like just the speed Mm -hmm. in which it has changed in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, Like when I think of it, you know, when I was in high school, I had dial-up internet. Mm-hmm. And now it's in my, the palm of my hand. Like anywhere you go. like you Anywhere can get data, I go, like... I can access it. But I used to have to wait for a phone line. <laughs> I get kicked off if somebody needed to make a phone call. <laughs> like that, that's how quickly it's come about. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there are some advantages to being a millennial in that you have that access to information and we have a new perspective that we're bringing. I think that comes with that desire to like right the wrongs Mm -hmm. Um, that I think that when we invite millennials around the table, um, there's the ability to just like start new conversations, bring new perspectives into play. Um, I think it can add a lot to an organization, especially in a time like this where we're needing to pivot and look at the world from a completely different angle. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think as we like pivot in our work lives as well, like I feel like maybe millennials have been more receptive to the technology implemented in the workplace Mm -hmm. and our ability to figure out how it works pretty quickly and to jump on board with that to learn these new systems. I mean, technology literacy is something that, um, is a, like is a serious mm-hmm. uh, concern in a day and age like today where the way that we stay connected, the way that we work is all through technology. Um, and millennials are probably some of the most technologically literate people uh, you'll find. Although if there's one thing I can't do, it's format a Word document. I spent too long today trying to format a Word document the way that I wanted it to. And I, <laughs> I've just it. I'll put it out there. I, that's, you know, I can't do it. Sometimes it does things and you don't know how to undo them. It's true. Um, Cassie, I'm curious, how does being a millennial fit with your identity? Does it at all? Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I feel very like a millennial. And then there's times I'm like, that is not me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I feel like I'm attached to the more of the previous generation in some of, you know, my thoughts and how I perceive things to be. But, you know, I couldn't do what I'm doing without my ability to use technology and that passion to, you know, fix the things that aren't working mm-hmm. to right those wrongs and to have my voice heard. 
That's fair. I feel like I identify maybe more strong with being a millennial than yeah. you do. Um, I'm more likely to use it in conversation. Um, often in a self-deprecating way, I will say, though. Um, you know, and I think I use it when I am talking with folks and I, like, want to talk about using technology or something or I'm, like, excited to start mm-hmm. some marketing on Instagram or something. Like, oh, it's my inner millennial coming out. Um, and I think sometimes I say it similar to our conversation that we've had with Beth about adulting. I do yeah. it in a way to like justify what it is that I'm doing so that people don't think that I'm just like playing on my phone. I'm like, Oh no, like I'm, you know, I'm being a millennial. I'm like marketing through Instagram or Facebook or whatever, because I want to justify it. I want people to feel that like I'm actually contributing something. Um, but it's like probably not actually that useful. I should just be like, I'm working, even though that work is taking place on my phone or in Instagram or Twitter or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it harder for us to, justify ourselves in the workplace a little bit too when we're using our phones for work purposes but nobody else can see what's happening on our screen to Mm -hmm. have that validation per se to be clear i spend lots of time on my phone doing things that are not productive in the slightest um of course i will i will admit to that (laughs) (laughs) we all do and if we can't own that i think we need to figure out how we can (laughs) exactly Something that I've really been thinking about is the privilege um, that the word millennial means. So often when we talk about using the word millennial, we're like, oh, millennials, like they live with their parents. Oh, millennials, like they, you know, they're still playing video games in the basement and they're not out getting jobs (laughs) or whatever. Um, I think there's a huge amount of privilege that comes with that. And I think oftentimes a lot of white privilege. Um, Mm. And I will own that. I think that, you know, I have lived with my parents. Um, I was able to move back home with them um, and I've lived with them and then we're, we're moving shortly, but um, that is a huge amount of privilege has been afforded to me. Um, And I think that when we toss that word around or place blame on it, that we're not acknowledging that that word is actually not perhaps inclusive of everyone. I think that's a great point to bring up. Like I, I definitely, have had that same privilege of being able to, you know, move home for four months during the winter season when the camp was closed or to have them help me move from one camp to another camp. And that bounce back and forth. At one point, my dad even threatened to change the locks, but then he was standing there with a key waiting for me. (laughs) So like, but that's not possible. And that is definitely, you know, from a place of privilege that I can go home and have that space if something mm-hmm. were to ever happen and know that it exists. Yeah. And so when we talk about millennials, um, I think we need to recognize that we're really only talking, like when we blame millennials, uh, chances are we're blaming um, white, relatively like wealthier, well-off folks. Um, mm-hmm. Cause those are the folks who are affording to eat their avocado um, on toast. Uh, you know, avocados are expensive, but there's lots of folks in that age group um, mm-hmm. who that's not the experience that they're having. And the term yeah. millennial still applies to them because like um, they were born in those born. years, but we've really, we've twisted the meaning of that word. Um, and even like all of those things that you named, the like yeah. traits and characteristics um, carry a lot of privilege with them. And I don't think that that's something that we've really acknowledged. Yeah. And that's still like, that was a handful of ones that stood out as being kind of more commonly talked about. Mm -hmm. And now I'm interested to dive a little bit deeper and see, see what else is out there for research on millennials who don't identify as white middle upper class individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like, let's think about it. We talk about the technological literacy piece. Um, 
to be technologically literate is an incredible privilege. Like we just talked about mm-hmm. how that's made life easier for us now because it certainly has. Like I can get a new app and I can figure out how to use it pretty easily. The transition to using Zoom, Teams, Google Meetings, or Google Meet, whatever it's called. Yeah, Google take Hangouts. your format. We're good. Yeah, it's been easy for me to switch between that. I have a computer that I have access to. Work gave me a computer, you know, mm-hmm. all those things. Um, that carries a remarkable amount of privilege. Um, and I have that technological literacy because I went to a school that had technology um, because my parents had technology because they were able to purchase me technology, you know, all of these pieces of privilege um, that fall into place there. Mm -hmm. And I think that we, we really need to acknowledge that and realize sometimes the damage that we're doing um, when we use the term millennial as a really broad term. Yeah. I think that's, you know, one spot to leave it on and let everyone think about how are you using the word millennial? And how has it played a role in your life and those around you as well? Mm-hmm. Is that a term that's inclusive of everyone? Or are you using that term mm-hmm. um, to discuss white privilege just in a different name? Alrighty. Well, we'll leave it there um, because I could probably rant about this for a while, but it is a <laughs> mini pod. Uh, so we'll see you next time uh, for another one of our episodes. But thanks so much for tuning in to another Beyond Camp mini pod. Take care, folks. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Beyond Camp is a part of Go Camp Pro and the Go Camp Pro Podcast Network. Find a podcast for camp professionals of every age and stage at gocamp.pro/podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey Camp Pros, we love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.